Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! That was a great Hey! Yeah! Let's go! And then there were two. Did anybody else get them both right? No. Oh, I did. Lost, lost a lot. You, you also went Chiefs Niners? Chiefs Niners, yeah. I said that before the playoffs started. You know why I'm so mad at myself? Yeah. I said all year. I kept telling you guys, Chiefs yes. are bored. And Chiefs then, are bored. And then you They're going to be fine. And then I talked myself out of it. Picked well, the, the Browns. Browns. That's right. Picked the Browns. I, I don't know who you are anymore. Well, Jason, I had Bills. And then the Bills. I had Jason, the Bills Niners in the Super Bowl. But about I about that exact thing. What's that? Me and Jason had a conversation on Christmas watching them lose to the Raiders about the exact same thing. About the Chiefs are bored. Yeah. And Jace was like, I think I'm finally done. Yeah. Like, but you know what? I can't quit him. And then he actually quit him. And it came back to bite him in the yeah, ass. Yeah, you can't quit shout him, out, man. Shout out to Brokeback Mountain. They look good. I, I, don't buy I, the, I don't buy that they were bored. But Wait a minute. I, that's that's Brokeback Mountain. What? That, was the, that was the one where Jake Gyllenhaal was like, oh, wish I could quit you. I can't quit you. <laughs> What were you saying, Bull? I heard about it. What were you saying? No, I was saying that. I did pick this week <clears throat> the Chiefs and the and the Niners. Oh, you did when we read when we reconfigure our our picks. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was the but only I, one. Apparently, I wasn't. But I didn't have the. But I didn't obviously have the Chiefs originally when the playoffs started. No, I've I, always I, been on the I'm Niners. I right. was on the Bills, and I finally flipped to the uh, the yeah, Chiefs after I the Bears. never. I never believed in the Lions yesterday, even when they were up twenty four. <laughs> They're going to do never, Lions things. I never. Oh Mike, Mike my and I goodness. were texted, and we. Both. I think I've heard from every Lions fan I, oh. I know, and as much as they love, and we're going to talk about this later, I promise you, as much as they love Dan Campbell. Yeah. They hated what he I did know. yesterday. Well, his only hated. his biggest mistake in the game was clearly running on third down. That was his biggest mistake. People are going to hit you with the nonsense about the field goals. They're rolling. Oh, we'll you're, nuts. Later. you're nuts! You're nuts! Yeah. Biggest well, mistake was running it on third down. We're going to get into that. That was the biggest yeah, mistake. Yeah. I know we only have 15 that minutes. That's mistake. not going to be enough. Well, well, we, could, we could push the last two topics down, but we got. I actually would have kicked the field goal 27-24, but I had no problem. With that, that was. I had the biggest at, problem. At 24-10, with that one. I had zero problem. No, with I didn't either. I I would have kicked, and I said in the moment I would take the points. You're on the road. But First of all, you can't say take the points. You have a kicker that's made only two field goals all no, year. No, that was a chippy. Where he was, it was, was a forty-five a yard field goal. That's not a chippy. It's and still the, the likelihood of picking up a first down is well below the likelihood of making that field goal. Nah, that's a fact. I they, mean, I'm not. It's also a fact the, that, that the wide receiver drops the ball otherwise it's first no, down. No, no one cares about those lines. If not, no one cares about the did. lines. Yeah. you know, we learned Patrick Mahomes, Jordan. Oh yeah, he is. We're we gonna stop putting all He's these the greatest other, quarterback. Yep. Ever. Right. Don't, don't be putting all these other. I'm taking. I'm goading no. him over Brady. Goading no. him over Brady. Not yet. Well, you can't. I am. Not, no, yeah. not, not I'll give yet. A shit. I can no, do whatever no, no. the hell I want. We, you said a couple of weeks He's in a row. You half said, as many you know, we're anointing wins. people too early. We got to slow the anointment train. Well, yeah. this is different. It's six no, years. No, because this is goat. This is a career. He's going to be the goat. Tom. By the time he retires, I firmly, I firmly agree with that. I'll change that. What's his six six traits? Four Super Bowls. Great. He's got 16 postseason wins, I think. 14. 14. F- oh, 14. Okay. 14. Brady at 35, which is insane. Yeah. And we, got, insane. we got a long well, way to go, second. but he's off to a much better start than Tom was. Yeah. Brady, through six, their first six seasons as starter, um, Mahomes has Brady beat at everything, but Brady had three Super Bowls in his first six years. He did. This would be three for Mahomes if That's he right. could get it. And he's got to continue to do it and blah, blah, blah. Yes. But right now, he is off to a much, I believe, He's got my attention more than Brady had my attention at this point in his career because some of those early ones were basically defensive championships. Brady was more of a manager, but boy, that Chiefs defense, my goodness, when they had to stand up. Let's let's dive into our topics right away then so we have more time on the back end to talk about some of those decisions. And there's another thing I know we're going to talk about that's going to take some of our time, but... We got a ton of FanDuel tickets this weekend from the playoff games and Saturday night from the Lakers-Warriors game that went that to double overtime. Game. LeBron won. We're going to talk Phenomenal. about that in overtime. ton of uh, FanDuel winning tickets, and we're going to showcase them throughout the week. We have more than we can showcase in five days, so we'll get to all those, I promise. But we'll start with this one today. But, guys, it is Super Bowl week, and happy Super Bowl 
two weeks now for everyone who celebrates from FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me and Jason and the other guys on this panel, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And you know what the best place to place a Super Bowl bet is? It's FanDuel. It's obvious. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three or four, five, or six if you're like us. Not only can you bet on the Super Bowl and who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And new customers, if they join today, get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Win a $5 bet. Get $200 in bonus bets. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSF to sign up. FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And today's winning ticket comes from Willie Moe, who turned $10 into $238 with a 11-part same-game parlay in that Lakers-Warriors double overtime thriller. He hit the over points for a bunch of players, over threes, over LeBron assists, <laughs> over Klay Thompson points, over Draymond Green assists, among others. But $10 into $236.62. Shout out to Willie Moe. We got plenty more tickets coming up throughout the rest of the week. Always nice when uh, games go to overtime when you bet the over on everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's like free. It's, it's really yeah. you know those bonus minutes make all the difference in the world. If you take the under and it's borderline, you're you bite your fingernails. Sure. I got smoked yesterday. What'd you bet? Damn. I got I got hit. Would you have Lions money line? No, no, no. Lamar. I had Lamar Jackson. Well, he was bad. Under he was bad, but he was good with the stats. Under two hundred and eighty one and a half uh, total yards between rushing and yeah. passing. This dude just comes out second half, like fifty yards the first half. He comes out, sees Zay Flowers, he throw the ball. Next thing you know, all of them are green. It's the worst mm. feeling in the world. So you see that red, it's like mm, yeah. how did Rosebush do? Oh, she took an L too. She took the L. <laughs> she took it. She took that L. Is she is she loving or she, hating this gambling? She, she, thing? Oh, yeah. she's finished. Yeah, she's, she's, she's locked all the accounts too. I said, just because you mad, don't lock my account. <laughs> <laughs> you took the L. That no, we're not together in this L. Like you know, I'm comfortable with my L. You are. <laughs> That's great. Let's dive into our first topic here. The Browns have made an offensive coordinator hire. Ken Dorsey will be teaming up with. Kevin Stefanski, Tommy Reese, and the rest of the Browns offensive coaches as their new offensive coordinator. Guys, we'll talk about play calling in a sec, but let's start with the hire itself. What would you grade the hire, the Cleveland Browns hire of Ken Dorsey? I I mean, a grade, I'm okay with the hire. The more I looked into it, the more I'm okay with it. I'll say it's a B. Well, how are you with the knock on him that this guy was fired and the team that he was OC for Got better after he left okay. the Bills. I, I, That's the big knock. I was one of the people that said that. Yeah. I was one of the people without doing, like, I just said, hey, the Bills were better. But here's the thing. If you look at it, the difference in the games with Dorothy, Dorsey, and you look at some of the stats, they were actually better with Ken Dorsey. The biggest difference, of course, is they won more in those last few games and they scored more points even though they got actually more points per drive. The difference was Josh Allen stopped turning the ball over. And I think what happened was, in the end, Ken Dorsey took the hit for Josh Allen. I think so, too. Josh Allen was in a slump from, like, week five to week ten, whatever it was. You know, there was a stretch of games, six weeks, where he was turning the ball. He's always been a big turnover guy, but he makes up with it with a ton of touchdowns. Sure. But he was particularly struggling in this stretch. And Kent Dorsey took the the brunt of the blame for it. I think if you look overall, he's done a good. He spent most of his professional career as a coach, as a quarterback coach, <laughs> with Cam Newton and Josh Allen. What do those guys have in common with Deshaun Watson? All three are excellent athletes yeah. and use their legs. Now Deshaun Watson's not built like Cam Newton and Josh Allen, but he has the same type of game as those guys. He likes to run. He likes to run. That's yeah. a big part of it. It's a big part of Josh Allen's game. It was a big part of Cam Newton's game. The Bills' defense under Ken Dorsey in 2022 was excellent. They were really good. And even with some of the struggles, it wasn't like they were terrible offensively. Uh, They committed more to the run later, and they had success with it with, uh, what's his name, Uh, Brady. But they also, I thought, in my opinion, ran too much against the Chiefs, so who knows. I think it's a a perfectly fine hire. We'll get, obviously, into the, the play calling of it. But... I'm perfectly fine with it. Okay, B, B minus. Jay, you like it? 
It feels underwhelming to me. I, I don't know if I can put a grade on it right now. I think he's a name guy, though, right? He's I mean, a name. So we didn't have to look up and see who he is. No, he no, he's from. definitely a name guy. He's I mean, he name. won a national championship in college. Sure. He played now here. his quarterback play here. We were looking for video from him last week when he was in for the interview. And our editor was digging deep in the archives mm. when he was a quarterback here. All he could find were his picks. <laughs> oh, man. Well, how many touchdowns did he throw here? None. Not that we had. Oh. I mean, if he did, our, our local shooters didn't archive them. Well, I poked around. Eight uh, touchdowns, 18 interceptions in his career. We, saw, we found a lot of interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> I poked around in Buffalo about, like, what happened? How did he get the job? Where did it all go wrong? That sort of thing. And yeah. I know we're going to get to the play calling in a minute. I think it's curious to me. He never called a play before he got to Buffalo at any level on any team. Which is shocking. Yeah. I so, was surprised to find that out, too. So he's got a year and a half experience as a play caller, and that's yeah. it. And we'll get to the rest of that later. But basically, I mean, this is Josh Allen's guy. Josh picked him. And Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator, left to go to the Giants, took the, one of the assistants with him. Shea Tierney went with him. And, jo- and, and the Bills basically said, and one thing that I didn't really line up the timelines, I was told was, this was going on right when Aaron Rodgers was complaining in Green Bay about not having any say in uh, any sort of decision-making. And the Bills basically wanted to make Josh happy. Mm-hmm. And they said, who do you want? And Josh loved Ken Dorsey. Right. And, and Ken was on the field. Dayball was in the booth. Ken was on the field with him. And, and they developed rapport. And, and Josh really liked him. And that was his guy. And in terms of like where it all went wrong or how it all unraveled in, in this year and everything else, Josh apparently went through some personal things toward the end of last season, into the postseason, and it carried off in, in through the summer. And combined with that, there was sort of a mandate from above Ken Dorsey of trying to make him more of a pocket passer. The Bills wanted to protect Josh. They didn't want him running as Ooh. much. They stupid. wanted to just sort of restrain him for fear of injury and whatever else. That wasn't else. Ken's idea. Those were his That was not orders. Ken's idea. Yeah, that I think was, that's a bad plan. And that was his – that's what That's what the Bills decided as an organization. They determined that that's what they wanted to do. To keep they, him healthy. They wanted to try and, and limit some of his exposure to injuries and runs and everything else. Sure. And when they fired Ken, it was really – the way it was explained to me was it was sort of – and this is this this part's true. This happens a lot when teams fire guys. It sort of was like a jolt to the to the locker room. And a lot of times you'll see a guy get fired, like a ba- a baseball team off fire hitting coach. Yeah. And it's just to get guys' attention. And maybe it's a pressure release valve to to let some of the pressure out of the room. And guys, when Ken was fired, guys kind of looked around like, man, we got to get this. We got to get this together. So like, that was their wake up call. And it, it really did sort of serve as a wake up call yeah. when Ken was fired, and it, and and it really sort of jolted guys. And then they sort of took the shackles off of Josh a little bit. He started playing a little bit more freer uh, toward the second half of the season after they were 5-5. Five and five. I mentioned briefly there was that article that came out uh, that really was devastating to Sean McDermott, and it really sort of rallied the locker room. So there was a lot of things at play here. I'm still not overly – I'm not blown away by the hire. I do think that they were probably waiting on uh, – uh, who was the other guy? I just one more. Thank Kellen you. Moore. Kellen Moore. I think they're probably waiting to see what Kellen Moore decided. See, did, were, you, were you hearing anything about Kellen no. Moore? Because I was hearing kicking the tires and that's it. No one thought he the was time, the The only reason I mentioned it is because the timing was curious. Sure. That Kellen goes first and then Josh goes. And then they, they go. What I heard even before Kellen came in was that this isn't, you know, they're interested. Checking you know, the box. They're, they're, they're kicking the tires on yeah. it, but it wasn't their guy. So I'm thinking that it was probably Dorsey all along. It was Dorsey Maybe along. they were just doing their due diligence yeah. and felt – He's a name. He's available. Let's yeah. talk to him. But from what I was hearing was it, it felt like it, this job wasn't his. There are some stark differences in how Ken Dorsey calls a game and how Kevin Stefanski calls a game. And we'll get into that in a little Do bit. Do you want to characterize them briefly? Is he more of a risk taker? Is No, he, he's the exact opposite. He's, so he's less a risk yes. taker. than. Ooh, that's interesting. Yes, very that's much That's very so. interesting. Well, but they threw the ball a lot with him. We'll talk about it. Okay. okay. Gee, but what grade do you give it? Ultimately, but bull was it's a so minus? hard. It's so hard to do. Yeah, grade. it I feels know. like draft day grades. I know we're just doing it to do it. I mean, we're not going to hold. I'll you call to it. it a, I'll call it a C. Okay, a nice average solid C. Right. G. Well, um, you know, I, I'm going to give you my grade first, and I'll explain why. I think this is a C higher, but as a way, it, it has um, the potential to get to a B plus. Um, the reason I like to hire is I like people that are motivated. And one of the best motivators are when you get let go. 
or when especially mid season. Yeah, mid season. When you know th th that doesn't happen. When they let you go mid season as a coach, that really means that you are. I'm not gonna say cancer or anything like that, but you. We feel like you are holding us back so much that we need to cut bait and move in a different direction and pivot. Not seeing this thing through. So when you look at Dorsey and he gets let go. Um, he probably feels that he was let go unjustly. He probably feels that he took a lot of L's for other people and he was a scapegoat, kind of like Van Pelt thinks he's a scapegoat. The problem is now he gets to here to Cleveland and now you have another guy, Deshaun Watson. We'll probably get to this as well. Deshaun Watson feels like he is uh, under a lot of pressure and he is a guy that has a target on his back. And the most dangerous person uh, in the world are, are people who feel like they have axes to grind and their backs against the wall. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski, to a certain extent, feels like that because we got to even come in here and hire another guy. We talking about he ain't got an extension. He don't have any of that. And a lot of people can sit here and say, oh, it's no big deal. No big deal. No, no one's no one's mad. No one's upset. BS. Yeah, I got to keep it real. These are human beings. Let you go into. Hey, watch this. Everybody that had this happen before. It's a Friday. <laughs> Your boss calls you at 345 and said, hey, um, I, I want, could you get here a little earlier Monday? I, I want to, um, I, I, we, we have, a, have to have, have a meeting one-on-one -on -one about something. And you like, you gonna call me 345 on a Friday, let this boy linger all weekend, so I got to think about, well, what do you want? What the heck is going on? I didn't get written up. What did I do? So, when, when you are a human being and, and you're sitting here and they're telling you we're making changes, they make changes not because you're good. They made a change because they feel you're not good enough. So, Here's my thing. I want all of them to be in the room feeling like it ain't good enough. I would want nothing more than them to come out and Dorsey says, listen, I'm going to show you I could, I, I do what I can really do. I was held back. I want Deshaun Watson to say, let me show you about this. Listen, this is this is the type of offense I want. I'm going to take control of the mantle. This is how I'm going to move. And I want to see, say, Stefanski can come in and say, you guys thought I was just talking about plays and I was a one-trick pony. You know, let me show you I'm actually a, a coach of men. So guess what? We could work with the play caller, but I'm more than just calling plays. So I like to hire because I want people being motivated coming in this year. I, ha I have a hard time giving it a grade, and here's why. I don't know what he's going to do. Yep. What, what was he brought here for? Is he going to be an AVP where he's going to have the job in title only but no authority? If so, I don't need to give it a grade. I don't think he'll have much impact at all. But I am increasingly of the mindset that that's not what's going on here. I believe mm -hmm. Ken Dorsey was brought here to call plays. Mm -hmm. And I believe in the not too distant future, that's going to happen. Could be wrong. No one's told me that. Mm -hmm. It's totally, in fact, I've heard the opposite. I've heard that Kevin is not giving up play calling and he will call plays. I truly hope that's the case. But to me, all of this feels like, because there wasn't a definitive stamp of approval from Andrew Barry that, oh, he is our play caller. He will continue calling plays. The organization is fine mm -hmm. with that. He did not get that. Well, Kev, Andrew did say he thought one of Kevin's greatest strengths was play calling. Sure. They say a lot of things. I know, but I just around the truth. I know, but I just want to get and that on the record. I, that he did say that. And he also said, we love when asked about the extension. We love Kevin. Yeah. Never said, of course, he's getting an extension. So perhaps they wanted to see what his reaction was when they brought in a guy that's called plays at the NFL level and they decide to tell Kevin he's going to call plays. How does Kevin take that? And again, I don't have any information that that's going to happen. It's my gut. I just feel in my gut that at the end of this season, when those three coaches were boom, 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 out, it told me, oh, Jimmy is not happy with this offense. He's not. Now look, if you bought a quarterback for $230 million and this is what you've gotten, I wouldn't be happy with it either. He has every right to not be happy with it. Particularly when Jimmy has seen the offense look really, really good without Deshaun Watson. It's also looked very bad without Deshaun Watson. But I'm just, knowing Jimmy Haslam and his history and his track record, this feels like that's where we're going. Jay, I, I agree with most of what you said. There's just one thing I take issue with. Okay. I don't believe 
that even if he's not calling plays and his job, it's all, you're making it seem like his job doesn't really matter. No, I just don't know the impact he can have. I, and and I don't either. I don't know what the impact his is. His jobs matter or no one would be yeah, in Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think the offensive coordinator, obviously, if the offensive coordinator is calling plays, which we'll get into, he has more of an impact on the team on that player, obviously. S- not just more, substantially. But I, I don't know if it's substantially more because I, I think the whole... We just see the game, right? Sure. But leading up to that game is an entire week, an entire year of preparation. It is. And I would assume, I don't know, I'm not in the locker room, that the offensive coordinator, even if he's not a play caller, is very much involved with that plan. I think That's a safe assumption, Bull, and, and I think that's what it was last year with AVP. But here's ultimately, it's all about show me the baby. I don't want to hear about the labor. And, and that's last year we had the discussion about the Sean Watson. Is he doing enough? You know, and then we saw some workout videos suddenly come up and to answer the critics that might say, you know, he's not doing enough. And at the time I said, I don't really care. I don't need to see that he's working out. I don't need to hear that he's working out. We'll know when we see him. We'll, when we see him, we'll know. And I always say the same thing with however they get to a – Offense that is reminiscent of the Buffalo Bills. I don't even care how they get there. I think don't, don't you guys when you talked about alignment don't to me like as just being around the game. I feel like having an offensive coordinator that does not call plays is slightly backwards. I just feel like that is not the alignment that that makes sense. It's almost like saying that the general manager is beholden to the head coach. It just it just doesn't seem like it's just the, I agree. the correct I, I, top in most down. instances. And I, in Andy Reid's case, I don't. Yeah, I yeah. think we feel that way because that's the way it was always done in the past. Well, but Bull, prior to that, the quarterbacks called plays. Imagine those days. Imagine right. those and both days. Super Bowl teams the have coaches cor- that call plays. What's that? Both teams in the Super Bowl have coaches that call plays. Well, I know they do. But you can also say you can also look back in time and say there is a strong case to be made for. I like your hierarchy too. The head coach is the CEO. He's involved in not just one or the other. I I almost feel like, and I'm sure this isn't the case, but I feel like because Kevin Stefanski is so immersed in the offense, what's his impact on the defense? And and we're okay there saying, well, Jim Schwartz is the defensive head coach. Well, if that's the case and you're going to do that on defense, it's just as important on offense. And I think to your point of alignment, I do think that, and I hope this was the way it happened, that the biggest thing that they were looking for were – Areas of agreement in philosophical yeah. tent poles between Kevin Stefanski and whomever they hire. Sure, but getting back, just to get back to that point for a second, you know, we are all stuck in our ways to some degree. There's thing, there's things that have always been done in a certain way, so we're conditioned to believe, well, that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know. This is a, like for fantasy football, I've been using the same website for years. Right. And I don't even, like, a, a buddy of mine said, to me, why don't you switch to this new site? It's much better. I'm like, well, I've always been using this website. Sure. So I don't want to change. creatures of habit. Right. And, and that's the same thing. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're older, like we all are on this panel, different va- variations, but none of us are young. So we Speak may think. Speak for yourself. We may think, <laughs> well, it's always been that way, right? The, sure. Or always. But. First, it was co- quarterback. I remember the days when quarterbacks sure, called plays. Sure, but then for years, you never had the head coach calling plays, and so that's what we all grew up with, right. or mostly. But, I, but I, nowadays, it's commonplace. I could, I'm not, I, that doesn't mean it's definitely right, but I, it works for a lot of guys I that could, have success. I could, I could argue it's happened a lot here. So I believe Chud called the plays, right? I don't remember. I believe Pat Shermer called the plays. You know, that those years <laughs> in my brain, are, if you looked at it, you know how digital uh, – images come up as ones or zeros, yeah. that is a big dash to, in my brain. That whole era. I don't remember anything about it because I chose not to. Hugh Jackson called plays? Until uh, they took it away from him. Yeah, and then they gave it, and then you see how that happened. And then uh, Freddie Kitchens called Freddie plays. definitely called So plays. there's like four or five in our history. Where we're well, Marty that. Schottenheimer, you go back but, to Marty Schottenheimer, was fired because he right. didn't hire an offensive coordinator. But I believe the in the Super Bowl, now three years in a row, both head coaches have called plays. Bull, I think Sirianni it's the, didn't uh, call plays last year. What's Shane that? Did. Yes, Sirianni called plays didn't call plays. Oh, that's right. Sirianni did not. So but, five but out of six. I, I am agreeing with you that that yeah. is the norm. I totally right. agree with that. However, yeah. I also think that three minds are better than one. And 
And I did, and I probably should backpedal a little bit on that harsh comment at the beginning that what difference does it make? I don't mean what difference does it make. That's not really what I mean. We just watched a season in which the guy who didn't call plays got fired. Hard for me to connect those wires. Really hard for me yeah, that, to connect that's those where the, wires. That's where the disconnect comes from because if I'm a guy that is now trying to uh, go into the locker room or go into the staff and I'm saying, well, the last guy got fired for not calling plays. Am I calling the plays or no? Because what do you mean he got fired for not calling plays? Well, well he, not he, for that. Not he got for that. Fired. He, got, he got fired and he didn't call plays, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So, so it, for me, it's kind of harsh to go that you're an offensive coordinator. You've got to go all the way down the pecking order. You say, wow, well, none of those guys that I fired. The least common denominator was the, the, the guy who was just hanging out, looks like. But he wasn't. But again, it's, he's not just hanging out. You know that. The guy's not. It's not like he's doing nothing all week. That's no, I know. But in the case of Ken Dorsey. Yeah. The general manager and perhaps the owner and the, and the head coach all got together and said, is he calling the game we need to call to win? And ultimately, the decision was no, he's not. And they did make some changes. I thought they got much more run heavy. And I thought they looked like a team that was more balanced and they had more success for sure. But they ultimately didn't get to where they wanted to go. They lost a home playoff game that wasn't even in the conference championship round. So if you're going to put the season... It, 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 was the Bills season a success or fail? It was a fail. They, they had bigger expectations. They had higher aspirations than just hosting a playoff game and losing at home. And so for yeah. me, I, I think that I, I, I do like the idea that they have another. I, I, I think he's a good offensive mind. I really do. And those that I've talked to said the same thing. He's going to have some different concepts he's going to introduce to the Browns. That's going to help. Show of hands. Who here thinks he will call plays next year? Mike, before we do that, do you need to do a Yeah, let me do a read before we hop on that, Jay, just so we can split this up. But that's a great uh, jumping off point. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but let's just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. According Mm. to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And, guys, that's scary. I cannot imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones getting sick and a supply chain issue keeping them from the life-saving medication they need. But, thankfully... We'll be okay because we have Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, respiratory infections, and much more stuff that can happen to any of us at any time of the year. So make sure you visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter, which then gets reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications get dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than right now to be prepared ahead of time, so make sure you go to jacemedical.com. Use Promo code locked on for $20 off your offer. I like that. I'm going to give you a solid uh, B plus for that effort. Wednesday will be an A plus. I he promise. really emoted on the I cannot imagine. Yeah, he did a very good job yeah, of that. Well done. Might Wednesday be able will be the be best. Pushed but to be an A minus on that. Jay, you, you brought up the question before. This is the, the biggest question I think all Browns fans want to know. Who do you guys think will be calling plays for the Browns in 2024? Kevin Stefanski or new offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey? It's so hard to answer that question because we have information that we you don't know for sure, but it feels like who would you guess? Because I, I agree. I, I, I think, said I'm, mine's I strictly Kevin, a guess. I think Kevin Dorsey's going to call plays. Kevin, Kevin Dorsey. Dorsey. Hey, th- they're both going Kevin to. Dorsey so, together. Kevin calls the first half. Dorsey calls the so second. So they're going to merge together. Mind like meld. Mind meld. And, and Goku yeah. in the configure Vegito or Gogeta. Is that so? Uh, so <laughs> so no, that's, that's Dragon Ball Dragon Z. Oh, yeah, so yeah. so Kevin Dorsey. What kind of coach will Kevin Dorsey be? Mm. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but Ken Dorsey, I didn't say John Dorsey, though. No, no. no. Uh, right. Ken Dorsey, I think, will call plays, and if that happens, maybe unfairly, but I'm going to assume that that was a Jimmy decision and not a Kevin Stefanski decision, and if that's the case, I'm I'm not happy. doesn't mean it won't work. Sure. But I won't be happy initially going into it. Yeah. That's how I feel. Jay, what do you think? Strictly a guess, and I hate guessing, but I we know, just don't I know yet. I, I, hate, know. I hate guessing. I do, too. I'd say Ken. I think it's going to be Dorsey. Yeah. But it's just, that's strictly a guess. Yeah. G? Oh, this is easy. I, what, to me, when Van Pelt left, I think that opened the door that they were trying to say they, they, they want a different type of uh, I felt voice. the same thing. They want a little bit I of... I felt the they same want, thing. They want to definitely just switch it up and just give it a different... And sometimes you just want a different feel, right? And, um, and I think Kevin is a... Kevin is a good enough team player. Like... 
I re- like people say all the time, oh, gee, you should, you should kill Kevin Stefanski. I'm saying I kill him on play calling, right? But when it com- I've been clear when it comes to the type of character I think he has and the type of motivation and the type of energy that he gives his team. His team plays hard for him. You haven't heard one person come out and say anything bad about Stefanski. You ain't heard nobody come out and say, you know, any anything egregious. He's always even killed. So on that aspect of coaching, I think he does a really good job. Um, so for me, I, I think he's going to show a lot of people, hey, I could do other things besides call plays. I'm, 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 I'm here to get the best out of everybody and to ultimately win a championship. Yeah, I think we're in agreement then because I believe it's Dorsey too. And I like what you said because that's exactly what I felt in the moment. I, I, was, I kept asking myself, why fire Alex Van Pelt? That seems, it seems like such a benign part of what they've done, whether success or not. And as I'm scraping my mind for why they would do that, because it was such a curious move to me, the only thing I could reasonably come up with is that they've decided they want to see what it looks like with someone else calling the plays, and they don't think that Alex is the guy. And that's the owner's prerogative. He writes the checks. Now, there was one graphic, if we can, if we can put up the Stefanski career graphic again, the bio. Look, we're really close to the fire. We got very invested this year. We all thought he did a great job calling plays this year, but I want to point a couple things out. He's had three years on the job now, or is it four? Four. Four Four. years on the job. (laughs) Four years of calling plays. Let's just separate Kevin Stefanski from the record. So let's just look at the art and not the artist. Let's just pretend that this name is Coach X. 37 and 30 isn't overwhelming anybody. The one and two playoff record, the odd thing to me on that is he's not one and two. I I know that in the record books, he'll get credit for the win. But here's what we do know. In Brown's playoff games, in his tenure, when he has not called plays, they're one and oh. When he has called plays, they're 0-2. Now, that's almost laughable to bring that up because it is such a minute. That's that's like flipping a coin once and it lands on heads and you think it's going to always land on heads. That's a small sample size, and it's really not fair to Kevin. But the fact of the matter is, their one playoff win during his tenure, he did not call plays. The 15-20 and 20 following a loss is very concerning. Following a win. Following a win, I'm sorry. Yeah. And the 20-8 and eight following loss is like, wow, this guy's Jekyll and Hyde. Now can we go to the quarter-by-quarter quarter scoring during Stefanski's era? This was just this season. just this year. This I'd be curious to see what it looks like for his career. I have it for last year, too. Hold on. I can find last year. Okay. Last year, the first quarter was better than this. Yeah. What's really shocking to me, guys, is in both cases, the first quarter to second quarter, the third quarter to the fourth quarter, their point production almost doubled which is not a statistical anomaly. That's now a trend. For whatever reason, they are far more productive in the second and fourth quarters. Now, that's good because I do remember either last year or the year before, they were abysmal in fourth quarters. Yeah. I like the fact that their two biggest quarters are second and fourth. You want to finish the half strong, and obviously you need to play well in the fourth. Yeah. But the first and third quarters, guys, are really Perplexing. That was to me. just this past year. I, I, I have I, last year's numbers. Go ahead. I'd like to see. You take last year. Okay. The, the the first and third quarters again are yeah. their two lowest quarters. That's a trend, and I I don't I don't know why that is. I I honestly don't. People um, got mad. People. I'd like to see it compared to other teams. Now people got mad. Yeah, well, I, let I me don't say have, this. I don't have that. Let me say this. I don't have the that. Browns franchise before Kevin Stefanski was. A shit show. Yeah. So I and that's a, that. Obviously, nice. <laughs> I just insulted shit shows. You did by saying that the Browns. Yeah, you're being nice. Franchise was a shit show. When you're only 16 and okay. one 15, they went 37 and 30. While not a great record, is pretty good considering where the franchise was. Right. The fact that for the most part in those four years, especially in the last three. But even 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 overall, I know where before, you're going. He's gotten mostly bad quarterback play. Now, the, the reason that that excuse won't fly yeah. is because the quarterback discussion with Baker. Yeah, you killed people for saying we're finally in the playoffs. We're finally good, and you were adamant and saying, "Do you just want to be pretty good?" 
we're not here to be pretty good. We need correct a Super Bowl. That's and right. So, so if I am going to hold the quarterback to that standard, and we did, right? We saw that he okay. He clearly took us to another level. We were no longer zero and sixteen and one and fifteen. Right. We went to the playoffs. We won a road playoff game. Right. We, we looked really good on the road against Kansas City. I can't say then. To, about the coach, oh, 37 and 30, come on. Compared to where we were, that's pretty good. Okay. I don't want pretty good. Now, here, here's what I'd say. With a quarterback, in my opinion, after four years of, of Baker Mayfield, to me, it was obvious he was not a Super Bowl-level quarterback. Is it obvious to you yet that Kevin is not an offensive caliber head coach? No, that's not no, obvious. No, it's not. So why? how you, can I, you definitively make us – you mean, uh, uh, you mean Super Bowl caliber coach? I, I, what are you asking? I'm a little. Yeah. I was. I, I just. I, I used your reference. So to it's, it I, was obvious after to four me, years. To me, it was obvious that Baker was not a Super Bowl winning. Baker coach. wasn't good enough. We don't know that about. Kevin. I don't. Yeah. That's a I'm not saying. Yeah. So how do you make that decision? I'm not in saying, four years on a quarterback. I, I. I think it's. I think it's easier on a quarterback. Doesn't mean I couldn't end up being wrong, but I think it's easier on a quarterback than it is a coach because. You see more evidence I'm as just, a fan I agree. I, on I, a quarterback than you do see for and a coach. I understand that. I, I, I'm thinking, but I don't think the, we know yet on Kevin Stefanski. Right. So I'm thinking I the think logical he's done thing. enough. I, I think he's more likely to be a Super Bowl coach than Baker Mayfield is to be a Super Bowl I mean, quarterback. Fair, but even I though, don't even know if it's fair, but that's how I feel. Well, no, it's fair <laughs> that you feel that way because yeah. Baker hasn't made it to a Super Bowl. Now Baker looked pretty damn good this year. Didn't ultimately make it to the conference championship game, so we can't toot his horn too loudly. But honestly, I think the team they lost to might be the best team in the NFC. Now, obviously, they're not going to the Super Bowl either. A million reasons for that. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But when you look at where Tampa Bay is and was in their race to a Super Bowl, I actually think they were closer to getting there than the Browns were, despite the fact <clears> they only won nine games in the regular season. Put Tampa in this division, and they, yeah, they, they, they got a losing record. Likely would. But what I'm saying is yeah. their road they playoff game wins. against the Lions right. looked a hell of a lot different than our road playoff game hey, against the Texans. And the sure. Lions are a better but team than you, the Texans. So, that, you put that, so you're going to – is your argument that Baker is more of a Super Bowl quarterback by because of that? No, that's not so my that, argument. Yeah, my argument is this. Yeah. If the organization came to the agreement yeah. that after four years, Baker wasn't the guy, and yes. that's, that's fine for them to do. Right. There was a lot of evidence that he was not at that time. What I'm saying is, if that's their threshold of body of work and then we can make a decision, perhaps the decision they've made on Kevin Stefanski after four years is this guy is a great head coach, but the play calling... And the actual numbers, again, separate the numbers from the man. Yes. Yeah. Go to these you, numbers. You can actually look at those and say, this isn't what we want. I, I we don't, don't want I don't, 37 I don't think you, in my uh, opinion, you can't judge those numbers yeah, without it, without proper context. I'm going go to try to give you some proper yeah. context. Can you bring those numbers back up? This yeah. is this year, G. This is this year. By right? the way, keep in mind, I think we pretty much all agreed a week ago that it, it was a bad move if the Browns forced Kevin Stefanski not to call plays, and you guys I'm are I'm still saying that, Bull. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so, uh, all right. all uh, I'm doing, and that's why I tried to preface it yeah. that way, and maybe I didn't emphasize this point enough. Okay. All I'm doing is saying it is logical to me yeah. that the Haslams have come to this decision because they've got four years in the barn, and they're looking at the numbers, not the man, not the individual games. They're looking at the entire body of work and saying, we've got so much invested in a quarterback. Everything in this franchise's future rides on him. If it doesn't work, we made the worst move in franchise history. We don't want that on our on our legacy. We, we need to so let's to, move on and try a different play caller yeah, and see what happens. Let's I would context. not have done that, Bull. Yeah. I would let context. Kevin Stefanski continue. Here, here it is. Here's the context right here. Now, you look at those, those points by quarter. Uh, third, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Everybody, every athlete, every, every player – the first thing that they tell you during the week is they say, start fast. Right. Guys, we want to start fast. Guys, we need to get out here. Offense is going to get the ball. They're going to go down and score seven points. Defense, get a stop. Put another one on the board. Every level, they tell you that. When you look at what this, what, what this pattern shows me is they're starting slow in games. 74 points. You look, they warm up. They get to a place in the second quarter, 137. Here's when you come in the third quarter. Third quarter is all about adjusting to what you saw. Okay, the defense came out. We thought they were going to give us this. This is what they're doing now. How do we adjust to go down and get some points and get this quarter started? They even dip a little lower. 
in terms I, I of the third think, quarter. I, I wonder if there are a, a lot more teams than we think with these similar type of numbers. Because generally, there's them. more scoring in the second and fourth quarter than there is in the well, first Well, here's what's third. funny about yeah, this. Yeah, but because Bull, this is not just a little more. That, this is double. Well, didn't we just spend last week talking about, hold, hold, oh, Kevin Spencer's great on, on the me, first 15, hold, 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 and that's hold, hold, it. Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. Hold on. Here's the, the problem is, yeah. we just sat there and talked about how Miles Garrett has zero sacks in games. You can't parse the numbers. Like, if you go say you fell off in a certain period of time and Miles Garrett's production slipped, this is showing you That's your. That's not per- a good comparison. This, this is, is this is quarterback. His fourth quarter is good. That's what if if these numbers were flipped. If it was one thirty-seven first quarter, seventy-four second quarter, one thirteen third, sixty-two fourth. You'd sit there and say he can't adjust. No, 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 they no, no, start no, no, fast, but then when no. teams figure out what they're doing, they can't well, adjust. No, yeah. what, what so I it's want, what like, and, what, what, and what, I think that would be a fair criticism no, too. Uh, I thought I want, you win in the fourth quarter, uh, 113 no, points. No, I want, I want 100, 105, 112, yeah. 130. If it's even, that means you are completing no. your your course. That means you're starting fast. That means in the second you're quarter, consistent. you're consistent. You're but, making but, adjustments. But gee, to Bull's point, I'm sure if we looked it up. There would be more scoring in the second and fourth quarter for this reason. Okay. The clock had the slows numbers. down. Go ahead. You're not playing a clock management game at all in the first and third quarter. In fact, how many times have you watched a game? Not the Browns games because they take long. But a lot of times you're watching a game and you're like, holy crap, the first quarter's gone. Mm-hmm. That's because nobody's managing the clock. In the second and fourth quarters, things slow down. However, I think there's something else to play, guys, and I want your thoughts on this. Do you just say you do have the numbers? Yeah, it's pretty consistent. First and third quarters are lower than second and fourth. Give me a team. By I'll give how you much? Numbers. By double, though? It depends. Pick a team. I'll give you a team. Go with the Chiefs. Go with the Chiefs. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs, 78 in the first quarter. 165 in the second quarter. Okay, that's more than double. So that's standard. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's 70 third? in the third quarter. And they only had 58 points in the fourth quarter this season. Wow, that is stunning. That's worse than the Browns. That's horrible. Pick, <laughs> pick, pick a different team. Give, I'll do one more. Baltimore. Just for, uh, Baltimore. 106 in the first quarter. 155 in the second. Okay, up. 99 in the third. 117 in the fourth. That's more steady. Than what, that's what I would like to see. It's a little what do you guys think about this? 155. No, the first quarter and second quarter were big, but the third and fourth were very close to the first. So they had a big right, – now, but, it doesn't surprise me because John Harbaugh is a guy – that yeah. love, and there's a lot of guys like this. I think Belichick started it. It was the double score. You you preach to your team the most important eight minutes of the game are the last four minutes of the second quarter and the first four minutes of the third. Right. If you defer and you can I, work the clock so you score last in the first half and then can get that double score, that can sometimes be a knockout punch. I would just bet most teams have a hot, more points in the second quarter than the first. I would guess. I mean, there was and bo- the uh, Chiefs both- was more dramatic than the Browns, but the, the Ravens was not. Yes, it. No, the Ravens went up fifty percent in yeah. the second quarter. We okay. doubled. We we went up almost hundred percent. Okay. I, I don't see any team. Fourth quarter were very close. I don't and, see any team that scored more first quarter points than second quarter points. No, you probably won't. Yeah. And you probably, except for the Chiefs, you probably won't find many that score more in the third than the fourth. Well, the only thing with the third and fourth is different because sometimes you're just killing clock in the fourth quarter. Right. And some games either get away from you. If you're up yeah. twenty-seven nothing against the Cardinals, you're not trying to score. That's not your goal. And where does this, the Browns' points in the first quarter rank? Mike. The Browns points in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Tied for fifteenth. Okay. So that's middle of the Top pack half. with mostly bad quarterback play. I mean, or mediocre quarterback. What do you guys play. think of this? I also think, and I've noticed this with the Browns and a lot of teams. It seems like when they get risky and they open up the offense, things just start to happen. They get into a rhythm, and. I feel like there's a lack of urgency sometimes in some of those first quarter drives. Not the first drives of the first quarter. I thought we've done well on those. But I feel like we oftentimes score a touchdown, then we three and out, three and out, or one first down punt, one first down punt. I almost feel like we're wasting some of those first quarter and third quarter possessions because we're almost lost in in almost the boredom of the game, it feels like. Then all of a sudden you get down 10, and now I always say the same thing. Now we're going to move it. Now there's a sense of urgency. Let's go. What I love, 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 love about Andy Reid, and I've always loved this about him, even going back to his Philly days, he doesn't coach to the scoreboard as much as other coaches. If he's up 10 nothing, he'll typically try to run the same series and the same plays that he was running because if 10 nothing is good, 17 nothing is better. 
Some coaches will sit on it. The, 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 the play that he made, the call that he made on third down yesterday, that's one of the biggest onion moves I've, I've seen in postseason yeah, yeah. football. It was. Meanwhile, everybody would have killed him if it didn't work. I was killing him yeah. during the throw. I'm like, what is yeah. he doing? You know, and it worked out. To, to me, this, to, I, you know, that's why I go back and just from a football standpoint, when Deshaun Watson says, look, I don't, I'm really not a big fan of scripted plays. Um, don't but, say that. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I say, I'm just keep it real. You said well, it. you didn't mischaracterize what he said. Not at all. I, the it rea- reality is, it's just all about the philosophy. Yeah. I agree with him. Like, if I'm, if you're going to tell me to go out here, I want to call a play that's based upon what I'm seeing now. I don't want to call a play based on what I'm seeing that we saw in film right. that they had an opportunity to change. But I, I'm sure I, I'd be surprised if he didn't have that opportunity to change. We don't know that. Yeah, we don't. Unless unless we, Jay does, we don't know the hierarchy of how. If, they, I don't know. Made a good the quarterback point always week. has the freedom to can a play. Well, yeah, at the line. At the line, of course, he can audible out of anything. Yeah. But what Bull was asking, and I don't know, and I, I meant to call around and ask, but yeah. I forgot to do that this weekend. One of the things that Bull made a point of is like, okay, the 15th plays are scripted, but if you're off schedule, let's say you get a seven-yard loss on first down, you're probably you're off, off script, script yeah. right away. Right. Yes, you are. Like, what are you doing? You you're are. not so, going to run the second right. six you play. Could, I've, I've been told you could get midway through the second quarter before you're off script. Right. If things are working. Things, depending on how and, things and, go. And so, right. and so when that's they, not, that may be an exaggeration, but you get but the, Yeah, 15 you, plays would get you through at least two drives, successful drives in the first quarter. But Deshaun says, listen. You know, after we get through them scripted ones, now I'm just playing football. Now I now I can just read and react. And if you if you look, I can start fast. I'm I'm cooking in that in that part. And so even when you go back to Aaron Rodgers, at one point in time before he left, uh, you know, left the Green Bay Packers, he was mad at Lafleur because he said, "Don't change the play." And Aaron Rodgers was like, "Man, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I change all these plays." It's a it's a philosophical difference. Uh-huh. Matt Lafleur is looking like a pretty good coach right now. But here's the thing. But but so that's why he looks. You like can't a, tell your quarterback you can't check out a play. So, but see, the crazy thing yeah. is, that's why Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets. And when he got there, he said, "What? I want I want control. Everybody, no one's going to come out and say I, I should be able to do whatever I want." But when you talk about the the I, I, the relationships behind closed doors, there's times where, and I just give you an example. There's times where that I would have to. They say, you know, G. Bush, you're gonna rush and you're gonna rush the four eye inside and run it outside. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I might start inside. Yeah, but I'm gonna but if get, the play takes but, uh, you somewhere else. I'm getting and, outside. And by the way, I'm sure there's plenty of times where players decide to do their own thing because yes. they don't think the coach knows what he's doing and they get it wrong. Oh, I know multiple yeah. off yeah. the top of my head where Baker canned out a called. Not to pick on Baker, <laughs> yeah, but he called out. A, he checked out of plays that were he checked into disasters. And it probably, happens. And the fans probably blame Stavansky. No, no, that was Freddie. That you was can Freddie. tell when someone. You can typically tell when a quarterback, even if it's not a, an audible, it, there's a hand gesture. There's something you can tell when a quarterback checks out of plays. Well, unless he I've seen quarterback check out of plays and it goes for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I've seen quarterback checks out of plays and it goes for a five yard loss or a pick. But, the, yeah. but it the, happens. The great thing. The thing is, everybody has to be okay with it. Yeah. Like it, like it sucks because, and the only problem with the, the issue with, with, with Deshaun is seen is he hasn't paid the dividends yet, so that people can be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Well, it, he hasn't of, had the success yet. yet. The success. The thing I get with Joe Flacco, and a lot of people, as we, we you know talk about how why he was loved, because Joe Joe Flacco, yes, he threw interceptions. But he put deposits in the bank for withdrawals. Right. He threw you touchdowns, and you like, okay. He, he guys was open. He was throwing the ball downfield. And so, as as fans, we'll take the the negative plays if you have something in a bank. As far as that goes, uh, to, we didn't really talk about play call. We said who we thought was going to be. Yeah, good. So who should? Who should? Who should? I mean, in, in a perfect world, do you I like- I think Stefanski should. It's, it's not who I think will, but yeah. I think it should be fancy. Here's why I think it's going to be Kevin. Two key things that kind of... Wait, you said you thought it was going to be Ken. I'm sorry. Why Maybe. I think it's going to be... Two okay. key things why I think it's going to be Ken. Okay. Number one, Ken loves shotgun. Yeah, he and does. Kevin, and we think that... We spent the whole Deshaun Flacco part of the show of this, of this season talking about play action under center yep. and the success that Kevin has with play action under center. Well, that's not Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is shotgun and Deshaun is shotgun. And Ken has worked with Josh Allen and Cam Newton, and that very much fits the mold of what Deshaun is. So that tracks with getting someone that 
Deshaun is comfortable with. And this is this was interesting. I don't know if this is really a tell on who's going to call the plays, but you talk about differences between Ken Dorsey and Stefanski. I was told Dorsey is not a gadget guy, trick play guy at all. Running backs run the ball, receivers catch the ball, the quarterback throws the ball. Interesting. There's no, like, when Dayball was there, when Dayball was in Buffalo, Dayball liked to have fun. And he would say, like, let's have fun with this. And they would have wide receiver trick plays where wide receivers are throwing the ball, a lot of jet sweeps, tap passes, just just gadget, eye candy type of Kevin stuff. Kevin likes that, too. Kevin loves that. have seen a lot of Loves them. that. That is not Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is very straight, very traditional. Running backs run the ball. Receivers catch the ball. The quarterback's only now. If Kevin ball. wants it in the offense, it'll be in the offense. He's the head coach, so I can't imagine that if there's a flashpoint between the two, that Dorsey would win that argument. Those were two things, though, that I thought were very telling that were told to me over the weekend. That's One, interesting. The shotgun versus under center play action. There's a stark difference yeah. between what Ken likes to call it, how Kevin likes to call it, and then the the lack of trick plays and and the Dorsey playbook. And yeah. the shot the shotgun runs are much more difficult to get momentum on like if you're in the center your running back is downhill he's getting three or four yards to see the hole move around and get and see cutback lanes a lot of the stuff that you're doing in out, out of shotgun is left right sweet outside stuff yeah. and you don't get the inside zone stuff like that you you really need to get in terms of the running game and, and paying I, dividends i heard an interesting what i this morning i woke up at 4 30 in the morning and I decided to do, uh, uh, you know, l- learn more about Ken Dorsey. I was yeah. going through some stuff. I also did a deep dive into the border crisis and wanted to know the truth because <laughs> you hear all the nonsense on TV. And I was like, what is the truth? You'll get lost there. I, I was fascinating, the yeah. truth, but I won't get into that. But when I I watched an interesting breakdown, uh, Kurt Warner did this video breakdown of why he thought Josh Allen was struggling at the end with Ken Dorsey. And why he doesn't he he thought Ken Dorsey was a scapegoat in the whole situation. Yeah. And he said he one of the I never really thought about this because I didn't play quarterback and I didn't play in the NFL. But one of the things he's he he brought up is that guys that play from the shotgun a lot, which apparently now we're gonna do with Deshaun Watson, because that's what he wants, even though it's not what Kevin Svansky wants to do. He said sometimes when you're in the shotgun a lot, you get set too early. Because, uh, and that's not good, right? Like, you you want to be, you, you want, as a quarterback, you want your feet to kind of be moving until yeah. you set and then go. The problem with sometimes with, with uh, if you're under center, hey, you got to take three steps back, five steps back. So by the time you get set, it's all, the, the, you're ready to throw the ball. Yeah. As opposed to when you're in shotgun, sometimes quarterbacks get set too early, they get antsy and they throw the ball too early. And he thought that was a problem, that was a little rut, and why Josh Allen got into a slump. Because he was getting set a little too quickly, yeah. and he was getting anxious and throwing the ball a little sense. too early. Which was fascinating, I hadn't really thought about it. But a- anyway, and that's, just to, to sh- and that's something that the Browns will certainly have to look out for with Deshaun Watson because that could lead to some I, I mistakes. Just think, I just think it's a lost art. When you talk about being under center, the footwork is like dancing. It's coming back, it, though. It's, it's I'm like, seeing more of that in the NFL. It's like being – well, you know, it takes a little bit of time to give it to them, but most of the guys that are coming out, I would say from 2009, 2010, those guys are starting to be out of the league. Those That's 10 years in the league. The guys that are, that are in college that are, are specifically in the shotgun – Getting under center is like dance steps. You have to really learn the fakes, the the three step, the and that's why I was really impressed with with CJ Stroud because he he he'll do a seven step drop under center, and you just don't see that anymore, right? Um, so I, I think one of the things that I think is going to have to happen, it has to be collaboration, and they have to get to a point where this Deshaun Watson has to be able to have ownership of the offense. I don't think he has ownership of the offense. I think he does now. I, I, To me, this was the move. If there was a tug of war going on between Kevin and Deshaun on are we going to be under center or are we going to be in the shotgun, they went out and hired a guy who pre- pre- prefers the shotgun. So I, I'm not saying that there was a power struggle, yeah. but they could have gone one of two ways and they went with a shotgun guy. And yeah. that that's telling them. And when I say ownership, I mean that he, he takes onus of if that play was successful or not. 
I, I could look at other quarterbacks and I, when Patrick Mahomes is out there, I very rarely see him talking to anybody or, or, or any other people about what happens. He is in full control of what they're running out there. And so he just looks comfortable. I just don't think um, Deshaun was comfortable with certain things. And we'll see how it works out. You know, we'll get these guys a mesh. But, you know, hopefully he has ownership. One more question for you guys, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on. But this is on Dorsey. In his one full season as the offensive coordinator for the Bills, so not this year, this is last season, they ran the ball on 40.56% of the plays. They were 6-4, to four, pass to run. Obviously, Nick Chubb's coming back. Jay and Bull, I mean, Jay and uh, G, you guys have clamored for more carries for Nick Chubb. I know he's coming off injury, but do you think the, the Browns will still have a relatively balanced pass attack now with the influence of Dorsey, or are we, are we no. transitioning more to an air raid pass-happy offense than we had seen previously under the Stefanski regime. I think we'll regime. be more pass-prone next year than this year. And look, we don't know what Nick Chubb's going to be. When I was screaming for that, we knew Nick Chubb was a Hall of Fame caliber back. I don't know what he's going to look like. I don't know if he's going to be here. But I, I do think that they were 60-40 because Ken Dorsey was calling the plays. I thought the running game was, for the most part, a rumor in Buffalo it was interesting to me that when they made the change, you started to see more of a ground game, and they improved their success. I just think you've got to be balanced. I think when you're one-dimensional, the, the other team, you're playing right into the other team's hands because there's no guesswork. Well, you're 60-40, and how many of those runs were by Josh Allen? <clears throat> Facts. Uh, I don't know how many how many times does he run the Higher ball? Higher percentage than most teams. Outside. Five? A lot. Probably. Well, one a, a quarter? Lot. One a quarter? Josh Allen, I feel like get like eight, nine carries. I bet game. you he has. I a, don't know what he get. He's got to have a high high per, higher percentage of run plays that outside of maybe the Bears and the Ravens of any quarterback. Because he does it as well as yeah. anybody. Yeah. But those Josh guys. Allen has had a hundred or more carries in one, two, three, in five straight seasons. So okay, how many, So if you if you average that out for a game, that's not a lot per game. Right. But how many? But yeah, it is. So, no, and it's well compared to most quarterbacks, quarterbacks for a quarterback. You know, we we established that he's a running quarterback. Of course, he's going to run six more. a game. But no, it's not. Yeah, is it? Yeah, seventeen right games. Now. I was. Going where where were we over a hundred? Like how much over a hundred? One hundred nine, one hundred two, one twenty-two, one twenty-four. Which yeah. was the one That's year significant. One twenty-two would be six a game. Right, but uh, even if it's five a game and they run a total of twenty-five times a game, which I bet the Bills don't, that would still be twenty percent of their runs being vote. Josh Allen. So it, I, I can tell you the numbers for twenty twenty-two because I have them right in front yeah. of me. In twenty twenty-two, Josh Allen ran the ball one hundred and twenty-four times. I'm not sure if those are design carries, scrambles, well, but whatever. In they total, count into the sixty-four. Yeah, one hundred twenty-four. In terms of rushing attempts in twenty twenty-four. The 2022. 2022, yeah. sorry. Buffalo averaged, and they're at the bottom of the list here. They are... What was their total? Because you gave us Allen's total. Yeah, I got to do the math. 26 times 17. 442 say... times. He had 25% of their carries. More yeah. than 25% of their carries. More than which, 25%. Uh, for yeah. a running, which is probably why they looked at things and said, we can't and, run them that much. And, and, we're going to lose them. And if, yeah. y'all, if, lose if, them. They if they want to throw 60-40... There's one thing that has to happen. You can't come back with the same receivers. If you, you guys, if you made this move. I don't know. The Chiefs are telling you you can. But here's the thing. Kelsey is Kelsey again. (laughs) If you got a Hall of Fame receiver, and and I count him as a receiver, and the best quarterback of all time, maybe you don't need receivers. Maybe that ain't your thing. What kind of trouble could they get in for the Tony story where he's saying he wasn't hurt? I didn't see that. I yeah, thought they, he, they they listed that him was as a clown injured. move by him. I can't believe he did that. Yeah. He's, he's gonna be been, out of the league next year. I'm he's, cutting him. I, I'm oh, he's he's, he's, he's team. gone. I mean, he just uh, ensured I totally that he's gone. I don't. I, I think we got to get to the point where the Chiefs. That, I, don't, I don't know why the that, Chiefs can't be used hurt. as an example compared to anybody. No, else. no, no, because no, because they have they arguably have three of the best head coach, receiver, or tight end, whatever the case, and the quarterback ever. Yeah, and if you have that, and, you just can't compare but, that. You don't got well, that. Your yes. point is a valid one. We need to upgrade the receivers. No, Everybody but the knows bottom that. line is, if you have if if you have a great quarterback, then the percentage of throws, like yeah, if you go sixty forty and you have a, a lousy quarterback, you're not going to be any good. But if you have a great quarterback and you're sixty forty, you can still you can especially run when you're running like Josh Allen. I think that's the fine. splits next year will be higher than sixty forty. I do be, too. To be sixty five thirty five seventy thirty. That's my feeling. <laughs> That's my fear too. Hey, this offseason is known as 70-30. And if that's the case, <laughs> and Just Ken like Dorsey, <laughs> if Ken 
Ben Dorsey is, is going to really de-emphasize that? the run, then maybe they punt on bringing wow. Chubb back. Is it, no, I still think they bring Chubb back. What you mean? Stop saying that. I still think I, they bring don't you give to, them no. Don't you give them no ideas? I think they reworked that. What you mean? I, I think so. that there's a way now with the injury. <laughs> and maybe 70-30 is drastic, but I don't really oh, think man. that it is. If they, if these guys are going to be complaining about lack of runs all year. Bull. I'm going to say you, want, you didn't want Stefanski calling plays. Here's, here's what led to the complaints. That's a good rebuttal, right? It wasn't working. If 70-30 works, I'll scream from the mountaintops, let's keep going 70-30. I just have to see it work, and I'm not convinced it can here. Quick word here from FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl season to everybody who celebrates from FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end your football season with not just one win, but two or three or four, hopefully even more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so many other props you can't even keep track of them. New customers, if you join today, you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL.